This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is Nightline. Tonight vanished. A college student disappears after a party. That's every parent's worst nightmare. Newly released video showing the man who was the last to see her alive. Some of the things you're telling us aren't adding up. The long 26-year wait for justice. We cajoled, pushed, we called, we begged, we never gave up. And the podcast that helped crack the case. Plus the Oscars. The stars set to strut down that champagne-colored carpet on Hollywood's biggest night. Who will take home gold? I'm just so, so happy for everyone and, and really so honored to be here. The history that could be made with films like Everything Everywhere All at Once. I've seen thousands of Evelyn's. One of the things I'm most proud of with our movie is that it's so big-hearted that it somehow transcends identity politics. Plus the controversies already brewing and global superstar Shakira. Breaking records with Revenge Track, Music Sessions, Volume 53. Nightline, we'll be right back. Good evening and thank you for joining us. I'm Trevor Alt. Tonight we begin with every parent's worst nightmare. 19-year-old college student Kristen Smart vanished without a trace after an off-campus party 26 years ago. Her family fighting for decades to hold her killer accountable. That long and winding road to justice, what they finally heard in a California courtroom today. Here's ABC's Monaco Sarabdi. It's the dramatic end to an American true crime saga. When our loving, tenacious, and beautiful daughter's life was stolen by a cowardly rapist, the life as we knew it was gone forever. Paul chose to take a life, my sister Kristen's life, a beautiful life, and he must not pay. More than 25 years after 19-year-old Kristen Smart vanished without a trace. People had seen her. They kind of knew where she had been. And then suddenly she's gone disappears. And a lot of people I've spoken to think of Kristen almost like their own daughter. That's every parent's worst nightmare. The convicted killer, Paul Flores, finally sentenced to 25 years to life after seeming to evade responsibility for decades. What this sentencing will provide is accountability. Mr. Flores, you have been a cancer to society. Tonight, a closer look at the winding road to justice for Kristen. From the shocking details of the crime, the alleged bloodbath ring underneath his home, to the newly released video capturing the moment Flores emerged as the prime suspect. But some of the things you're telling us aren't adding up. How the family's long fight. There is no answer for us that's acceptable except finding Kristen. And a viral podcast. I realize not a lot of people know the full details. Helped investigators crack the case and the mysteries that still remain. Memorial Day weekend, 
Mariah Carey's hit, Always Be My Baby, was blasting from every FM radio. And the first Mission Impossible movie was breaking box office records on its opening weekend. That spring, Kristen Smart was a 19-year-old freshman at California Polytechnic State University, known as Cal Poly to locals. So Kristen was your normal college-aged freshman, and she was very close with her family. She liked to surf, she loved being outdoors, she loved the beach. What can you describe to us about Kristen that you've learned through her parents? Whatever she chose to do, she could have probably achieved it. On May 25th, Kristen headed to an off-campus house party. There, she met fellow student Paul Flores. Later that night, she was found very, very intoxicated face down in the front lawn of this house. Eventually, one person did get her up and began to walk her home with another girl. And then that's when Paul Flores came and was like, hey, I'll walk them home. Flores had a reputation on campus. His reputation allegedly at Cal Poly was that he was Creepy Paul or another name for him was Chester the Molester, according to court testimony and documents. But authorities say Kristen never made it home. She was last seen walking with Flores. He admits he was walking with her, but he says he left her and he could see her walking towards her dorm. Her backpack, identification, all sitting untouched in her dorm room. It takes three days after Kristen is last seen for a formal report to be filed. The first few days are critical in a missing persons investigation. Each hour makes a difference. Two days later, Flores is brought in for an interview with investigators. How, how much did you have to drink that night, Paul? Too much. Flores at first cooperative. It may come down to this, but I'm wondering, uh, are you familiar with the term uh, polygraph? lie detector, that sort of thing? Yeah, I've heard of Would you be willing to take one if necessary? Yeah. But a month later, Flores appears agitated when authorities question him for a second time. You want to give me a polygraph? I told you I had to talk to my parents and stuff. Well, if you're telling us the truth, why do you have to talk to your parents to take a polygraph? Because I do. He knows he would fail the polygraph. Uh, I have had suspects in murder cases say, early on in the interview, saying, sure, I'll take a polygraph. None of them ever had any intention of taking the polygraph. Flores also seemingly caught in a lie. After Kristen's disappearance, he'd been seen with a black eye. When the last person to have seen the victim alive has a huge black eye, that's a big deal. Last time we talked to you, you had a black eye. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. And what did you tell us? I told you I got to play basketball. That's right. Where did you get it? In my car. Well, no. Why was it so hard for you to tell us that you got that black eye hitting the steering wheel? It didn't really matter. Oh, it's not really lies, the fib. It's so, so minute, it's not... Well, well, I guess you can call it a little white lie. He crosses his arms. He also sticks his hands up into the sleeves of his t-shirt. Those are all anxiety-induced behaviors. They don't tell you a person's guilty or innocent, but it tells you that you've hit a nerve with them. Flores quickly emerged as a primary suspect, but even with mounting suspicion against him, there wasn't enough to make an arrest. Just having been the last person to have been with her and giving an inconsistent statement about an injury isn't enough for an arrest. He kept living his life, 
even being asked in this video from June 1996 about Kristen's disappearance. Hey, hey Paul, do you have any information on that missing girl? What you do with her? <laughs> Meanwhile, over the years, Kristen's family continued to pursue him as their daughter's killer. Well, we're just looking. He'll come out soon. I want Paul Flores to always remember that our daughter Kristen is still missing. And as long as he can go about his life and be uninterrupted, that's an additional pain for me. I want him to always remember. So what makes this, I think, remarkable is the tenacity of the Smart family, just going, going, and going like energizing bunnies to hold this guy responsible. For years, the investigation seemed to go stale. To this day, Kristen's body has never been found. But in 2019, a podcast called Your Own Backyard thrust Kristen's case back into the spotlight. I'm going to try to learn everything I can about Kristen Smart and what happened to her. In the only way that I know how, by talking to people. Created by first-time podcaster Chris Lambert, who was just eight years old when Kristen disappeared, Your Own Backyard quickly went viral. There have been a number of big podcasts lately of either unsolved or controversial cases where the fact that people were talking about it led to more information coming forward. A newly released wiretapped call between Paul and his mom revealing they were following the podcast too. The other thing I need to do is to start listening to the podcast. I need you to listen to everything they say so we could punch holes in it. Um, wherever we can punch holes, maybe we can't. You, you're the one that can tell me. In 2021, a huge break in the case. Officials searching the home of Flores' father, Ruben, making a horrifying discovery. And they find blood there. It changes the game. That's where the key evidence was really found, which was the... Um, alleged bloodbathering underneath his home. Law enforcement tested the soil found underneath his deck and it tested positive for human blood, um, but there was not enough substance to test for DNA. Nearly 25 years after Kristen went missing, Paul Flores is arrested and charged with murder. His father is also arrested and charged as an accessory after the fact. Both men plead not guilty. People in the county celebrated. They told that the, they told us that it was such a relief that they finally were going to see justice, that Paul was finally going to pay for his crimes. Flores was tried alongside his father, with separate juries deciding the fate of each man. Ruben ultimately found not guilty on his charges. Paul found guilty in October of 2022. When Paul's verdict was read that he was guilty, there was a sigh of relief. Denise, um, Kristen's mom, started crying tears of joy, and Stan smiled and hugged her. And Paul Flores maintains his innocence. What is your reaction to that? I'm sure if you took any sociopath, I'd be happy to tell you they're innocent. Uh, this guy's guilty. He's been found guilty. And I totally disregard anything he's ever said. Today, Kristen Smart's family addressing the court, their relief and resolve on display. We cajoled, pushed, we called, we begged, we never gave up. While still holding on to the hope of receiving full closure. Paul took her life and hid her body. We will never rest until Kristen is properly laid to rest by her family. This fight is far from over.
Our thanks to Mona. Next, the Oscars, the glitz, the glamour of Hollywood's biggest night. What to expect on the champagne carpet. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. The countdown to the 95th Academy Awards is on. Will everything, everywhere, all at once win it all? And will Angela Bassett be the first actor in a Marvel movie to win the gold statue? It could be a night of historic firsts. The biggest night in Hollywood this Sunday, the Oscars. Leading with 11 nominations, the genre bending everything, everywhere, all at once. Thousands of Evelyns. Starring Michelle Yeoh, Ki Hui Kwan, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Stephanie Hsu, all nominated for their roles in the film. Yeoh in the lead actress category could make history as the first Asian actress to win. 60-year-old already earning a Golden Globe for her performance. Along came the best gift. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Shut up, please. <laughs> But this year, the category comes with an unexpected twist. Andrea Riseborough's nomination for the film To Leslie. He ain't never gonna speak to me again. Sparking controversy about the process after grassroots efforts by A-list actors and actresses may have helped secure her spot, leaving no room for the Woman King's Viola Davis or Till actress Danielle Deadweiler. What became so, so controversial regarding Andrea Riseborough's nomination wasn't so much that people thought it was undeserved, it was the manner in which she achieved it. This just really puts into motion the Academy's need to update its rules because when they created their rules regarding social media policies, there was no Instagram and TikTok at that point in time. Riseborough calling the situation confusing, telling The Hollywood Reporter in part, I do not yet know which measures will best encourage meritocracy. I've been working toward discovering them and will continue to. The backlash reminiscent of 2015, when no people of color were nominated for acting, sparking the hashtag Oscars so white. What people have often made the mistake of doing is blaming the Oscars for lack of representation at the Oscars. And while it is the Academy member's job to nominate, it, they are the symptom of the issue. Hollywood needs to greenlight more projects for people of color, by people of color. Breakout star Stephanie Hsu speaking to ABC's Lindsay Davis about the importance of diverse stories in film. 
one of the things I'm most proud of with our movie is that it's so wild, so imaginative, so big hearted that it somehow transcends identity politics, that it actually just becomes about a family. At the heart of it, it's really a story about immigration, but then it goes so far beyond that. When my mom came to see it at the premiere, she was in tears, pointed to the screen and she said, that's me. And I realized it was the first time my mother has ever seen her story on a screen. Another favorite for this year's actress in a supporting role, Angela Bassett, for her performance in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I am not a woman who enjoys repeating herself. Three decades after her first nomination for What's Love Got to Do With It. Have I not given everything? When you were doing, you know, the line, did you realize the magnitude of your character, of your portrayal, Oh, no, I didn't think that far ahead, but I, I, I know, I, I felt the power even in the first reading of the script, of that line, of that moment, and the truth of it, you know, how it resonates for that character. She truly has, you know, her entire family, and she's given her life and her energy to her country. So, yes, indeed, and she's lost her family. This year's lead actor could go to the Elvis star, Austin Butler. Are you ready to fly? I'm ready. Ready to fly. ABC's Chris Connolly sat down with him earlier this year. What's that feel like for you? This has been such a long journey. And not just me, but the entire team behind the film. And um, I'm just so, so happy for everyone and, and really so honored to be here. Butler winning the Golden Globe for the role the last time he would see Lisa Marie alive. Being on stage and getting to look down into her eyes and seeing how moved she was after the Globes when, when I just got to hug her, just hold her hand. There's many memories from that night that make me smile. This year's Oscars will have a few changes. The award's iconic red carpet, gone. Instead, it's champagne colored. I think the decision to go with a champagne carpet rather than a red carpet shows how confident we are that no blood will be shed. Host Jimmy Kimmel alluding to last year's shocking moment when Will Smith struck Chris Rock during the live broadcast. The Oscars now implementing a crisis response team for the first time in the award's 95-year history. I think after a year, we are all slapped out. We really want to see how we can move forward. But the Academy, like all award shows, are looking for a way to exist today. But the biggest prize of the night, best picture, is anyone's guess. At this year's Academy Awards, all signs are pointing to everything everywhere all at once. It's the favorite to win, but we are in unprecedented times where the Academy can throw us some curveballs. Special coverage of the Oscars begins at 1 p.m. Eastern with the red carpet pre-show. It all leads up to the big show at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on ABC. Coming up, Shakira, how the global icon is making musical history with her post-breakup diss track, Music Sessions, Volume 53. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. 
It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. The first ever criminal trial of a former president is underway in Manhattan. It's one of potentially four trials facing former President Trump as he makes his third bid for the White House. What do voters think about his culpability, and would a guilty verdict make a difference in the election? I'm Galen Druk, and every Monday and Thursday on the 538 Politics podcast, we break down the latest news from the campaign trail. We sort through the noise and zoom in on what really matters, using data and research as we go. That's 538 Politics every Monday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Finally tonight, new honors for international superstar Shakira, breaking 14 Guinness World Records with her heartbreak. best-selling female Latin artist in history and producer Bizrap sharing the honors for the diss track Music Sessions Volume 53. She throws shade with lines like, you traded in a Rolex for a Casio. They now have the most streamed Latin track on Spotify in 24 hours, most viewed Latin track on YouTube in 24 hours, and the most streamed Latin track on Spotify in one week, among other titles. Her duet, TQG, with fellow Colombian singer Carol G, is also climbing the charts around the world. And that's Nightline. You can watch all of our full episodes on Hulu. We'll see you right back here at the same time on Monday. Have a great weekend, and thanks for staying up with us. Good night, America. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 